Welcome to the very first episode of the Social Cohesion Podcast. My name is Daniel Holly, a coach, educator and consultant. But most importantly, I'm just a guy who has very, very, very strong feelings about how we treat each other on planet Earth. That's that's who I am, really. Very strong feelings about it. And that's what this whole podcast is about. Really about developing how we treat ourselves, how we treat each other and how we treat planet Earth. Social cohesion, in my view, in my view, is asking the question, what can we achieve when we are all performing at our best? That's the question that I pose behind social cohesion. Now, I've said it a few times, and I feel it necessary to just carefully explain what it is and where it came from, from me. Because it was, it's been around for a while. It was actually a term used in psychology to explain and measure the way in which people work together. So cohesion being a process of the bonding of things that are the same. And of course, social being about the interactions between people. So social cohesion, it was actually conceptualized in the shower. <laughs> I was in the shower and I thought, Social cohesion, mm, that's great. And this was in response to thinking about how I didn't like the way that diversity and inclusion was being executed in the world at the moment. I saw a lot of difficulty in how it was being put about. And so I thought there's got to be another way to go about this that doesn't create more of the same problems that ironically were in place for diversity and inclusion to be a thing. So to get into more detail with that very quickly, diversity and inclusion, I noticed, became a movement in which diversity was underhand. It was never said, but it was being defined as anything that wasn't white or straight or male, right? And diversity and inclusion almost got people's eyes rolling, I actually did a talk recently where I asked the audience, you know, how many of you want to roll your eyes when you hear the term diversity and inclusion? Quite a few hands went up. I'm like, yes, of course. Because for one, diversity, yeah, it represents otherness. And yeah, okay, it could represent otherness from white, straight and male, but actually diversity is otherness from homogeneity. That's really it. And that's how it's being defined at the moment. Then inclusion, which is another thing that I didn't really feel comfortable with, was not necessarily respectful of having diversity in a working space or within a group of people and actually being respectful of every different person in that working space or group of people. Because inclusion seemed to me, in particular to businesses, that our culture has been established, our culture of work is what it is. We are going to include you in it. We are not going to adapt or evolve to make you feel safe or at home or comfortable to be at your best here. We are just going to include you in what we are already doing. And if we're ignorant, of course, to the nuanced life experiences of diverse people, and I've put, sorry, I did the air quotes. You didn't see that diverse people, <laughs> then we're not respecting what would need to be done in order for 
every person in the workplace or within a group of people to feel safe or comfortable or to be able to perform at their best in the business. Now that's where I started because I do indeed approach companies and actually I approach areas in education, talk to teachers, talk to HR managers and CEOs and so on about their diversity and inclusion strategies and their approaches and what they plan to do for 2020 and saying, this is not a strategy. This is not something that you think about for six months in the year. This is actually something that you make an integral part of the culture of your work. And of course, I go into why. Now, before I go into why, I want to explain that this doesn't just apply to businesses in the corporate world. This actually applies to people's personal life. So you, the listener listening right now, this also applies to you, okay? So however you hear me talk about it in business, you can imagine you, yourself, your life is the business. Now, having people from different backgrounds with different ideas, different life experiences, so long as you are willing to actually allow those differences to be recognized as strengths, as simply an experience of another person and not as an attack on your personal values or your identity or, you know, your opinions and so on, then you are able to see the world painted with a different brush than your own. You're able to see different perspectives from other people. Now, that actually has been proven to show that it can actually minimize the level of stress and tension a person can feel in their life and can actually help a company diversify and adapt to how they perform. Of course, that can be how they produce materials, how they produce their product, how they serve their customers, how they operate in general within the company themselves. So looking at a business that has different mixes of people from different backgrounds, of course, a company can have their values, they can have what they're about as a company. But then looking at the way that other people would perhaps want to be approached or treated in a business or looking at what can help people perform at their best in a business can actually allow flexibility and adaptability with new ideas, new cultures, new processes, maybe new products, maybe new customers brought into their space, which in turn turns to financial gain. And a study was done by a business consultancy company, a global business consultancy company, that showed that companies that had gender and ethnic diversity in their business performed up to 35% better financially. They had a 35% financial gain on those companies that were actually more homogenous. So translate that into your personal life. The greater number of people you have in your life that are different from you, that live differently from you, that share different ideas, that share different experiences from you, that of course aren't, let's be honest, steeped in oppression or oppressive behaviours or in the diminishing of other people in the way that they live. Your life becomes richer, you become happier, you perform better, you probably have better relationships with people, and there's an opportunity for financial gain. It feels it feels wrong, I know. It is a, there's a little bit of 
cringiness to tie relationships and, you know, uh, diversity and, and social cohesion to money. It feels strange. But the reason that I went there with businesses is because businesses and their bottom line and their profit aren't always interested in moral obligation. They're about the bottom line. That's a business. It's about how much can I earn for how little that I spend. So to turn it into a financial gain and get businesses to realize that it is indeed about a financial and performance-based quota, not necessarily a moral obligation, then it'd be interesting to see how businesses mobilize to truly do the work to actually see how they can indeed bring people from different backgrounds into their business and of course then give opportunities to those who otherwise may not have them and of course not just that but give them places where they feel they're comfortable to work not just places where they just work and get a paycheck now this podcast isn't really tied towards that this podcast is actually more for you right the listener the individual because social cohesion doesn't just work with businesses i mean that's where I work primarily, but I wanted this podcast actually to be for you, the individual, the person who just wants to chill out and listen to me talk for a little while with other people as well. It's not just going to be me talking. Don't worry about it. But first, what I'm going to do in this episode, because this doesn't have an interview in it. In effect, I imagine you're interviewing me and you've asked the questions, what is social cohesion? What do I care about it? What, 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 you know, what do you want me to do with this? And then how is it going to look? How is the podcast episode going to be? And I'll answer those questions in this episode. After this, of course, we'll start the interviews. You'll start getting into topics. We'll start getting it popping. But first, but first, what is social cohesion? Well, indeed, it is just that. It is the process of people working together. And it's not necessarily about everyone. This isn't a all-encompassing tolerance and acceptance of everyone. This is about people who want to set the full intention of really being about people and planet Earth. It is a big one. It's a big one. But it is indeed for people who are about other people and planet Earth. Social cohesion serves to get people to perform and be and live at their best so that they can take that best into communities, into their workplace, into their family life, into their relationships, and spread that bestness, that excellence that they see for themselves, that you see for yourself into your life and in the people around you. And of course, for that to emanate beyond business, beyond personal, beyond society, into perhaps national, international, global, right? It's big. It's big. And I certainly wanted it to be bigger than me because it's not all about me. It's not all about me. It's about you and the people you know and the people they know and the people they know. It's for everyone. It's for everyone. And the reason I wanted this to be the message is there is unfortunately a lot of fragmentation going on right now in topics around race, around gender, around sexuality, around politics, around workspaces. There's, there's a lot of fragmentation. And I don't want to say this is the key or the answer, But to me, it's an answer to some of the issues that are being faced. And it's down to the way that we hold conversations. It's down to the way that we perceive relationships. It's down to the way that we have relationships. It's down to the way that we treat ourselves. It's down to the way that we treat the planet. It's down to the way that we are right now as we live and breathe. And addressing it and going, just as I asked at the beginning, hey, what would it be like 
What would the world be like and what could we achieve if we were all at our best? So I openly encourage you, the listener, to listen to this and challenge yourself. There's a wonderful quote I heard from another podcast, Food for Thought, and they asked, they say, well, they said, the greatest conversations you can ever have are the conversations in which you challenge yourself. And I hold to that. I hold to that. And I truly believe that. So in this podcast, each episode, you can either binge listen, make notes, whatever you want to do. I want to hear you challenge yourself. I want to know that you're challenging yourself in this. Ask questions by all means. And you can do that by following me on Instagram at the only other Dan. I'll say that again at the end of the episode at the only other Dan. And I ask questions every day asking you about what you feel about certain things, where your values truly lie, what you're doing or not doing to be in line with what you believe to be true for yourself. So I'll be challenging you there for sure. But I can't hold you accountable here because I've already recorded this and posted it and it's probably been a week or two now. So I can't do anything about it. <laughs> so uh, onto the format, onto the format of how each episode is going to work. Now, this is actually the construct of social cohesion as well, because at least, at least from my perspective, I'm not co-opting it to redesign it completely because it still is indeed about measuring how well people work together, but it's turning it into an active, conscious thing that we do, not just something that we react to and go, hey, how did that work? Or, hey, let's look at what happened here, right? It's a case of going, I'm going to be socially cohesive. Part of my whole being now is to be socially cohesive and really live into that for myself and for others. So the format starts with the individual because when we look at change, change will always start with you. Start with you, the individual. How on earth can you get that better job for yourself if you don't know yourself well enough? How on earth can you expect to have the best relationship you could ever imagine to have if you don't do the work on yourself. How on earth can you live the happiest life you want to live if you don't know yourself? How? So it starts with you. And I'll say if any of the incentives or the motives of, you know, bringing, bringing the your best to community or to society or to your workplace is too much or, you know, not something you're ready for, well, then start with you. That's okay. You start with you. What do you need to do? What work needs to get done within you for you to then take that on to the greater world around you, right? And so it always starts with you. So each topic we touch on on this podcast series it starts with the individual, it starts with you. What challenges are being faced in that particular topic? What could be done to overcome the challenges? And what it might look like afterwards, what it might look like after those challenges have become uh, resolved or managed better, right? The reason I wanted to start there is, of course, yes, it all starts with you. But it also, again, ties to the question, if we are all at our best, what could we achieve? Now, I can't necessarily tell you what is your best. I don't know you. I've never seen you. I've never met you. However, the person, and this is something I feel, the person who's been there for the entirety of your human existence in this life, if you're willing to believe those sorts of things, is you. You know you better than anyone else because you have been there 
for the entirety of your life. Yeah, you maybe need some support in remembering certain aspects of your life or reminding yourself of certain aspects of your life, but you've been there the entire time. I know that parents say, oh, I know you better than anyone else, or your best friends say, I know you better than anyone else, or I know you better than you do. And, you know, that's always nice for people to say that because it's kind of a sign of the bonds that we have with our, you know, with people around us. But actually, we do know ourselves better than anyone else. It's a case of whether or not we're willing to step into understanding that we know ourselves better than anyone else and realizing that we know ourselves better than anyone else. And of course, then we'll really know what really, really, truly is important to us, what kind of relationships we want to have, what kind of life we really want to live, and know when we are veering from that path or when we're staying the course and going, this is my life, this is what I want to achieve. And of course, what comes with that is an appreciation for the life that we have, a respect for the life that we have. And I've, I've asked many people this who've gone through this, this self-awareness process and looking at themselves and addressing themselves and paying attention to themselves more. And every single one of them have said, the moment I became aware of myself and what I truly wanted to be about, I found it near impossible to turn back. This is exactly how I feel at my best because I am more in tune with everything going on in my life than ever before. And it continues to grow, continues to grow. So everything, well, most of the things, not everything, but most of the things, more and more things that you do, that you choose to do, become things that you actually want to have happen. It's a great place to be. Of course, then you'll want that for other people. You'll want to be able to give people that sensation because it is magnificent to become self-aware, to know how you feel, to know why you feel what you feel, to know what you really want and to know how to get it because you understand how you best operate, right? And in that, you can take that knowledge of yourself. You can take that experience. You can take that work that you've done and take it into collaborative efforts with other people. So that's always stage number one. That's always stage number one. Stage number two in every episode is, of course, the society communal group area, which also touches on workplace environments as well. So this could be in regards to relationships, romantic relationships, platonic relationships, workplace relationships, all sorts, right? And imagine you've got the stability of who you are and you know, you know, the job you want or the relationship you want and you've gone and got it and it's there and you're now living in that. You're then going to be able to create something even better because if you imagine that you are able to explore, to live, to try things in the way that you're most comfortable, perform in the way that you're most comfortable at your best, and then you are able to do that with someone else, it's incredible what you add to one another, one another in that. It's incredible what can be possible in that space. And of course, if it's someone who has a different background from you, who's also living their best, who's also doing their finest and so on, who knows? Who knows? It doesn't have to be. I'm just saying, who knows? But when teamwork is, of course, at its finest and you can look at, I mean, I know a lot of people, well, sorry, pardon me. I've heard a lot of people reference like the Navy SEALs and stuff. Sure. Yeah. Okay, great. But 
But then I mean, I could think of maybe more creative spaces, you know, uh, bands or groups who have gone on to be incredibly successful, who've had to work together. And through that, through their social cohesion within their band, they've been able to survive and thrive incredibly well, right? Onwards. And then, of course, you can look at collaborative efforts with, I try to think, technology companies. And you know that, for example, with mobile phones, and well, with a lot of technologies, companies will sell their parts or their pieces to other companies to sell on as their own products and things like that. And of course, if that didn't happen, maybe we wouldn't be able to get the best that's for us, right? The products that we actually like. That collaborative effort gives us what we're able to enjoy or what we know we want. And so there are so many spaces where we can imagine that collaborative effort, where people are performing at their best, allow companies to perform at their best, which allow them to collaborate to create even better things for us. And that could continue to happen. And imagine that was happening at an even greater scale in an even greater way. And so that's in communal and society and group efforts, for sure. And then finally, it does go into the big grand global vision of people really working together all over the world and really truly respecting each other, understanding each other, knowing that they're different, but not really caring about the differences as much, or at least not caring, not not caring about the differences, sorry but understanding the beauty in another person's difference and seeing the strength that's come out of that person's difference and be able to understand that that person's difference, no matter how different it is, is not an affront to our own individuality and our own identity, but simply another being who's lived another life and had another experience from another place that if we were able to allow ourselves to understand and see could actually open up gates for us to see the world in, again, a much greater way, and maybe even to see ourselves in a much greater way. And to see that happening all over the world, it's perhaps a challenge. I mean, I've done this a couple of times. I've tried to sit down and really consider in my head what could be done. All I've got is that, for one, climate change, whether we believe it or not, I don't know who's going to listen to this podcast, right? Whether we believe in it or not, which to me personally is redundant because the facts are straight. And if David, as far as I'm concerned, if David Attenborough is saying it, I'm going to listen. <laughs> but whether or not we think the earth is dying or we think the earth is killing us, which I think is a slightly more possible, that conversation goes away. And I say that because I know that there are people out there who care a lot about this planet and there are people out there who care a lot about other people. And I know actually on a level, I've asked this question many times and maybe this is where this assumption has come from and I do call it an assumption on purpose, right? The number of times I've asked a person, if you won the lottery tomorrow, what would you do? The number of times people will say, I would either in some line, donate to a charity, help other people, give to other people, right? They might be running that off as just an obligatory thing to say. But I want to take their word for it. I want to say, okay, so if you had financial wealth, then you would give. You would give. And I want to speak to that. I want to speak to that intention. I have a lot of faith in humanity in that on a level, 
behind the crap, behind the trauma, behind the nonsense, behind the anger and frustration, it's all there because actually what we want is for everyone to be able to get on with their life. What we want is for everyone to be able to just do their thing. And unfortunately, with the planet being treated the way it is, it actually is becoming, I want to say, slightly more challenging to dig into that sensation of respecting humanity because unfortunately it's humanity that's got us here. So I feel, it's funny, I feel like I've kind of re like veered off I'm still in my head. I'm still completely in tune with social cohesion, but I feel like I veered off because it always feels weird going from talking about interpersonal relationships, talking about the corporate world and businesses and working together and producing and stuff, and then going, "We've got to save the planet, guys." But it's true. It's true. We've got to. We've got to keep this planet going. Not because the planet will die, but I, but I honestly feel because the planet will kill us. It will kill us. And to that end, I think well, that would actually mean that the planet. Should that be, should that come to fruition, everything that we've ever done, everything that we've ever done and achieved will literally be for nothing. It will give everything no meaning. The burning of Notre Dame will have no meaning. The, the, the relationship, the most beautiful love we've ever felt will have no meaning. The greatest song we've ever heard will have no meaning. The first time a person put on glasses that we're seeing blurs for the first however long in their life, they'll have no meaning. Life, human life, existence as we know it, will have no meaning. And I just don't like that. It doesn't make me feel good. But let's bring it back, right? I think the reason I feel like I veered off course is actually because that's so far away, perhaps, from saying, live your best life. But actually, it's completely connected. Because what I'm asking people to do here well, I say people, you, the listener, what I'm asking you to do here is to give your life some fucking meaning. Give it purpose. We ask, why are we here? Well, actually, the question is, why don't we, why are we not giving our own purpose as to why we're here? Give your own purpose. Move into what you want for your life. Move into what you know what's best for you. Do the work, do the work, do what you feel is best for you at all times. And I honestly have a very strong feeling that we'll be all right. But not only all right, I think we'll be incredible. I think we'll do very well. This is a feeling I've had for a very long time, so we're going to speak on it for sure. So this is episode one, just to set the tone of social cohesion. If, of course, you've heard this episode and you're like, Psh, nah, man, that's some out there stuff. I'm not interested. Cool. Hey, you go do your thing, man. Live your best life. That's all good. No problem. I understand completely. If you're still listening and you're ready to get going with this podcast, let's get it going. Thank you very much, everyone who's listened. Uh, again, if you want to follow me on Instagram, the handle is at the only other Dan. And again, I ask questions every single day that I want to say provoke some introspection, some thought. So you can follow me over there. But without further ado, if you're binge listening, let's get to it. If you want to take a break, by all means, take a break. Enjoy your break. Much love, everyone.